0: We're leaning into to improving broadband. We're leaning into improving housing infrastructure, um, making it, you know, quality, affordable housing throughout the region, um, entrepreneurism, so, so creating business incubators across the tribal economy where, of course, tribal members can start businesses, but also anybody living in the Mille Lacs tribal economy can start businesses. It's really just trying to create a robust middle class in in East Central Minnesota.
1: Boozhoo, hello. Welcome to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. I'm your host, Leah Lem.
2: And I'm your other host, Cole Primo. Miigwech for joining us today. Native Lights is, at its core, a place for Native folks to tell their stories. Every week we have wonderful conversations with great guests. These are policy makers, healers, entrepreneurs, you name it. We talk to them about their gifts, how they share those gifts with their community, and it all centers around the big point of finding purpose in our lives. And uh, we are continuing that mission today, and I can't wait to continue amplifying Native Voices today. Uh, so, Leah, how you doing? Yes.
1: I'm great, thanks. How are you?
2: Very good, very good. Of course, Minnesota is switching to you know straight up 90s and hundred degree weather. Apparently, <laughs> um, my body's trying to adjust.
1: You know, it takes time to for me to adjust to our flip flops. Oh or, yeah, you have sandals.
2: To, your the inside of your the big toe to the
1: <laughs> yeah yeah. You have to get your
2: calluses. <laughs> Just,
1: Yes, that your Ready. calluses. Yeah, Thank you. That's a better way to say it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's my major adjustment for summer. All
2: right. So, so what are we t- talking about today, Cole? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's transition to the topic at hand. Yes, today's episode will focus, you know, a little bit on tribal economy, business deals and Things like that,
1: wheeling and dealing, wheeling
2: and dealing. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's true. You know, many t- tribes own casinos, and, and yes, that is a major factor in bringing in money, resources, and things like that to certain tribal communities. Um, but there's a whole lot more that goes into strengthening the overall tribal economy. And our guest today works on finding new business opportunities for the Malak's Band of Ojibwe, and I'm I'm excited to talk to him about how he's you know discovered new ways for the tribe to grow and prosper. So yeah, uh, we'll be chatting with Joe Naquinabi Jr. Joe Naquinabi is a citizen of the Mille Lacs Band of Ojibwe. He's the CEO of Mille Lacs Corporate Ventures, where he analyzes new business opportunities as well as oversees the band's existing businesses. He also has interest in running, uh, studying Ojibwe Muin and basketball. So I'm looking forward to hearing from him on all these topics today. <music> Oh, how you doing? There
1: he is. There you are.
2: <laughs> hey. All right. So buju Joe, could you please introduce yourself and you know where you're joining us from?
0: Sure. Uh Gabo, Indigenous Kaz, uh Joe Nekwinabi in Degu, Gun in Iganing in Nisawag Nindanasug, uh Ajuana Kudukwe, uh Ogamawa Bikwe. Minua ogema uh and niwitegeo ma isaga igning. So I'm I'm up here on the the west shores of Malax Lake, up in my office at Malax Corporate Ventures. So.
1: Great. So Joe, what's on the top of your mind? What's something that's going on right now that you're just kind of geeking out about, or really want to talk
0: about? Well, I'm. I'm, a, I'm the business guy for the Mille Lacs Band, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think from from my perspective, I think I'm always sort of, I'm usually geeking out about something business-wise and, and typically uh, with a lens of what's going on in Indian country. We're in this just incredible new sort of era of business in Indian country. We've gone through this generation of where we many tribes have rediscovered wealth for the first time in many, many generations because of gaming. And it's kind of been like this 30 years of, of learning how to deal with that and learning what that means. And that that in itself has been a really exciting generation. But as we look forward, now I think the talent, like actual talent in, our, in Indian countries is sort of catching up with the fact that we have all of this Wealth and influence and in that there's this new power that we can sort of unleash on on the world, and that's kind of right where we're at we're like we're moving on from like discovering all this wealth that gaming has provided, and we're kind of looking forward to what are the new cool things and, and new ways that we can impact our communities and impact our families we're We're going to be doing that ourselves rather than leaning on of other folks that sort of helped us through this this kind of first generation of of wealth creation for us. So I think that's kind of that's what really excites me. It's kind of a cool time to be in business in Indian country. And I think that's what excites me a lot.
1: Wonderful. I have so many more <coughs> follow-up questions for that. So <laughs> but but we'll get there in due time.
2: <laughs> You're listening to Native Lights where indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we're speaking with Joe Naquinevi, Mille Lacs Band of Ojibwe Citizen and CEO of Mille Lacs Corporate Ventures. You know, before we dive into uh, Mille Lacs Corporate Ventures and your role there, could you just tell us, you know, what set you on your career path? What inspired this passion for
0: business? I think failure like I I always knew I was going to go into something to deal with Indian country that we were just raised like that. Like my, my mom and dad were always, it was always just an, um, not unspoken either. Like they pretty much told us, you know, like the the whole idea of how we're going to do things is you guys are going to go get your education, um, or, or credentials. And and you're going to like get this world experience or knowledge and then and then the idea is you're going to bring that back to serve the tribe that's what they both had done and and that's just sort of the model that was set for us so that we knew we were going to do that and and the idea i had was was i wanted to be in government so i was like a political science major and i had this idea that i was going to do lobbying and and the band helped me pursue that like I, i i spent time in with our partners in Washington, DC. And I had the, I had the list of congressmen and women's door to knock on and the story to tell. And, and, and I did that. And I just kind of, I just burnt way out on that. I felt like Ivy league folks were going to win that game. And that wasn't me. And then in the meantime, I had been telling all of these stories about how good gaming was for Indian country. And I kind of thought to myself, is it, you know, I I don't even really know what, what, what this is. So when I came back to Minnesota, I joined, I looked, I wanted my, I was, I wanted to join grand casinos to intern for the summer. And I had three opportunities there. It was marketing and entertainment security. And then I think there was one called community relations and, uh, community relations was out because I felt like that was going to be too similar to lobbying and then security. I just didn't want to do that. And then, so I chose marketing and entertainment and and I just literally fell in love that summer interning, uh, talking with people on on the floor, all of our guests. I had a math background and, and really loved data. So um, I was seeing different ways of of how to interpret what was going on on the floor rather than rather than just purely a guest service industry or a hospitality type industry. I loved that part too, but I also loved going in and digging into like the actual data of what was going on in our promotions and stuff and um yeah, I just that was it. That's what got me interested.
1: Can you give us kind of um an overview just so everybody knows kind of what the corporate ventures is and
0: does. I guess we describe ourselves as the the economic development arm of of the tribe. So we're we're uh, kind of we're we're a political subdivision of the tribe, but we're also a separately separately chartered corporation. So there's. There's a little bit of arm's length between us and the, and the tribe, which is unique in, in the state and kind of unique in Indian country where we have, we don't have full autonomy, but we definitely have some autonomy to do, uh, to conduct business. And there's really two, two paths that I think we follow. One, one path is is sort of just shrewd business. Uh, and you know that's our business development path where it's more about revenue generation for the tribe it's trying to increase the financial capacity of the tribe so that the tribe can continue with their mission and it's literally just dollars and that's like hardcore business and then the other path that we follow is is more we, we call it community development it's it's more about like developing infrastructure in east central minnesota with tribal economy. And that stuff's kind of measured a lot differently. It's measured more on, you know, less about financial gains and more about how we're providing services or providing career paths for tribal members, um, how we're creating the opportunity for a mo- more re- robust middle class within the Mille Lacs tribal economy so that, you know, we're, we're leaning into to improving broadband, we're leaning into improving housing infrastructure, um, making it you know quality affordable housing throughout the region. Um, entrepreneurism, so so, creating business incubators across the tribal economy, where of course tribal members can start businesses, but also anybody living in the Malax tribal economy can start businesses. It's really just trying to create a robust middle class in in East Central Minnesota. Beyond that, I I think there's, we also look at ourselves as five lanes of business. So we do gaming, of course. We have a a new startup company called Slotco that's also in our gaming uh, division. We have a hospitality division that's where we own commercial hotels. We have a marketing arm, mainly a company called Foxtrot Marketing Group, which is, I think we're the biggest minority-owned company in in the Twin Cities, which is kind of cool. And then our in-district investing is one whole whole lane of business, which is our convenience stores, movie theater, grocery store, commercial laundry facility. That's where all of our uh, low-income housing tax credit projects fit. So we have Two two big housing projects in in the Hinckley community and the Onamia community that fall under that umbrella. And then finally, our fifth one is a we have a, a startup company called Makwa Global, which is a 8a government contracting company. We just started that company at the beginning of uh, the pandemic, so we're kind of like ramping that company up. But I think but that's uh, one one of the exciting kind of things that are happening in the company right now
1: in supporting band members supporting the Mille Lacs band tribal economy and mm-hmm. then promoting entrepreneurship uh, I think that that sums it up great because uh, so I know Mille Lacs band and the businesses employ mostly non-native
0: oh yeah by far I think 90 90- 1% of our employees are non-Indian.
1: Mm, mm-hmm. You're listening to Native Lights, where indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today, we're speaking with Joe Nekunabe, Mille Lacs Band of Ojibwe Citizen and CEO of the Mille Lacs Corporate Ventures.
2: Back to the serious question. Uh, I was just curious about, you know, how you find and acquire business opportunities. Like, is there certain strategies you, in, you know, implement? Like, or I'm just curious, uh, you know, your process.
0: Yeah, no, it's, I think we, it's about volume. So I'll answer that a couple of ways. I think the first, the first thing I would say is volume. And I see this in Indian country all the time. You know, the, if you're, if you're seeing, uh, you know, 25 deals a year that are coming through your door, you're, you're going to be a lot less effective than the team that sees a thousand deals coming through the door every year. Uh, regardless of how good your team is, you're just going to find better opportunities by way of volume. When, when we're on the hunt to actually buy a business or, or buy a hotel or, or buy an asset, you know, it's it's really this volume game where we just, we're just open and we want to hear hear ideas and hear pitches, um, but then it's just kind of taking a thousand of those and and three hundred of them will probably pass an initial test. Of those three hundred, we're trying to narrow it down to thirty, um, where there's some internal due diligence that will get those down to thirty, and then after that, there's just another deep due diligence that's trying to get that down to one or zero if we go through the entire process and we don't find anything we don't have to invest we're not driven by wall street or anything like that you know we're we're trying to do the right thing for the for the tribe that's one way we look at it i think the other way we look at it is just we call it surfing where the waves are one of the rules at mlcv is don't do things that are hard <laughs> like people always laugh at that and it's like Like, no, that's a real thing. Like, um, so, so surfing where the waves are, you know, I think that's how we got to government contracting, uh, you know, the 8A space gives tribes, that's leveraging something very unique and distinct to us. We're a tribal entity, uh, we're a minority owned business, uh, tribes have a statutory, uh, Edge when it comes to gaining the 8A status that gives us priority in government contracting, the length of time we can contract, how big our companies can get, um, in while contracting. So I think we look at things like that, and we're like, that is just that's a that's a core competence, you know. So we'll search for spaces around that, and, and we're trying to look a, a lot into how to leverage just being indigenous and what is. What are the opportunities that present themselves because of that?
1: So to bring this to my level, is this basically like Shark Tank?
0: Yeah, you could of? say that. Just a, re- just a less attractive Shark Tank. You know, <laughs> like
2: uh, so there's this interesting thing. Uh, all our fathers, our dad, well, Leah and our dad, William and your dad, uh, Joe Naquin, AB, Sr., were involved in... Uh, a great language project called the Anjiba project. And we see that, you know, you study Ojibwe Mowen too. Um, can you just talk about, you know, your, your dad being
0: involved in that? Yeah, I think it's the coolest thing the tribe's got going on right now. And it's cool to see our dads like around to pass that knowledge forward. I look at my dad and I t- talk to him about this project and he looks around and he doesn't see a lot of the friends and a lot of the people that he grew up with you know they were they they succumb to something you know that he's been able to avoid and i think he feels so blessed to have the time that he has and all he wants to do every day is like give back in in some regard around our language and our traditions teaching people how to how to speak talking about the the different talks that we do for our big drum ceremonies. You know, we, there's a generation that I'm part of that kind of lost our, or I shouldn't speak for all of us, but you know, I certainly lost my way in regards to where I prioritized language and, and culture. I, and the other, the rest of the band, we're just lucky to have them to, you know, try to pick us back up and, and, and help us, help us close the, close that gap. So yeah, it's pretty cool.
2: Definitely. I was, uh, I was curious about Eddie's, how that came about because it's like a kind of, you know, iconic resort on Mille Lacs Lake, uh, Lake Mille Lacs. Um, and I was just curious about how it's going, if, if there's, you know, future plans with it or anything like that.
0: Yeah, it was one of our favorite projects. Like we thought that project was going to be, and I still think it is, we, uh, a, a game changer for the lake. And, you know, when, when we first bought Eddie's, it was really an overflow hotel for Grand Casino because we were, we had to shut down some of the hotel in order to build the other wings of of what is now today the, the, the Grand Casino Mille Casino Hotel. That original structure was like just a really terrible structure so when so when we had the opportunity to sort of like blow that thing up literally i i I was super excited about that and the new development of eddies we were we were really trying to demonstrate to the rest of the lake like we we thought we were pushing the first domino and being this like provocateur of what needs to happen around the lake and if you look at any any resort destination that people go to around the world has, they are a destination because of these iconic things that are happening around that destination. And I think what's happened here around Mille Lacs Lake is we've had all of these icons that have sort of just kind of gone by the wayside. And I think from Eddie's for us kind of stood, was like this moment for us to like, stick a flag in the ground. and was like, we're not going to let this iconic brand sort of die. And, and we're going to pump a bunch of money into it. And perhaps you guys should do the same thing instead of letting these iconic things die. Perhaps you should invest capital in it and, and try to make sure that these things survive. You know, Seguchi's resort used to be cool. Now it's a RV park of sorts, you know um, that's, that's what we were trying to do. That's what we did. I think that we're we're you know, it was a function of like supremely bad timing. You know, I think the year the year we opened was the first summer that the state DNR in, in combination with Glyphwick decided to close walleye fishing. And I think once the lake recovers and and we sort of rebound back to, you know, a more sustainable and larger level of fishing activity on the lake i think we'll definitely see a rebound of eddies but unfortunately a lot of those other icons that we were hoping to inspire they're all kind of gone now that's a long story we love Eddie. it is opening this weekend you know we've we've turned it into a seasonal business now you know we've kind of had to, to turn it into a seasonal business you know there's a combination of things that i think can happen there it's a as wise businessman would say it's a long-term investment yes (laughs) that's
1: a great spot i
0: yeah
2: it's nice i was just curious about if there is you know any new and you know exciting business opportunities that have come along recently that you could divulge
0: Yeah. yeah yeah i think slotco so slotco is our newest company that we're launching right now basically what we're doing is we're investing financial capital and human capital into slot floors across Indian country. So the, the whole idea we have is we've kind of done the math on it, you know, as 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 your slot equipment ages, its production drops off pretty severely. So if a slot machine is on is more than five years old, it actually produces at 50% less than than a newer device that's on your floor, which for somebody like us is that's an easy thing to solve. When when you when we have a lot of revenue, you just reinvest. You get the five-year-old machine out of here, get the new one on. But that's not that's not exact. That's not how it works. And you know, ninety-five percent of the properties across Indian Country, you know, they have to make a choice. They have to make a choice in investing in uh, a new dialysis center for, for their community or, or a new community center for their members or continue to fund scholarships for people in their community or put new slot machines on their floor, you know? And it's like, um, so instead of having to make, you know, those tough decisions, we've, you know, we're out trying to invest in, in slot machine floors on behalf of, of, of our client tribes. So instead of if the you, you know forty games is a million dollars we'll we'll put up the million dollars so you don't have to come out of pocket for that. And then it's just a revenue sharing agreement over the course of the life of that of that slot machine. so improves their revenue production. Uh, they don't have to make any tough choices about where they're investing in their in their communities uh, and then human capital. so we have a whole team of our consumer insights so our data science team that will also help kind of manage and, and give the give the tribes more transparency into what's going on on their slot floors, where, you know, if you're in Grand Portage, for instance, there's probably not a huge human capital market for data scientists up there, you know, so so to be able to provide that sort of level of talent to them as a client of ours is is something that's, we think is exciting. Of course, we think it's going to save the whole industry because, you know, right now I think that the worry that we have is that people kind of walk into these rural Indian casino properties um, for their, you know, their 18, 19, 20, 21 years old for their rite of passage. And they're walking into, you know, this old technology that doesn't really jive with what they, you know, so they're experiencing this really kind of weird uh, version of gambling that doesn't align with what they're looking for from an entertainment perspective. And, you know, we're trying to prevent that uh, as we try to expand, expand the market. So kind of cool. It kind of covers two of our, both of our paths, you know, it's a, it's a great kind of shrewd money-making deal for, for us, but it's also like this super feel good uh, on how to give back to Indian country as well. Make Indian country more sophisticated on, where it really counts, which is on their their gaming floors. So it's kind of interesting where we got another like nationwide business that tribal members can kind of aspire to um, joining in with and stuff. So it's been mm-hmm. kind of cool.
1: That's exciting to, to hear. It sounds like, you know, tribes helping tribes. I'm all for that.
2: Yeah. So I guess the last question I got on my end is just, this is one from my dad because I just sent him a note and like, what would you ask Joe Nakon, uh-huh. maybe? <laughs> it's not a bad, it's not a gotcha question. <laughs> he was just curious if you still play basketball. Are you still hooping? I I do. And I
0: still love it. Like the we just had our um community tournament here, the Missisaging tournament. I'm pretty confident that if there was like a 40 and over like division, like I would be. I would contend for like the MVP, you know?
2: Nice. We've, uh, one of our past guests, uh, is Chad German, a lax band of Ojibwe member. I'm curious if you've ever, have you ever played him? Have you ever one-on-one?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got great stories about Chad.
1: (laughs) Great. So as we finish up here, Joe, um, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share?
0: No, I just say thank you to you guys. I really appreciate I listened to all the rest of the folks that were were on prior to me and I was, you know, I'm honored to be kind of with that group. And and really just uh, yeah, thankful to you guys for making this happen. You know, I think it's a really, really cool thing. So I appreciate it.
1: Great. McGuich.
0: Yeah. Appreciate it too. Thank you.
1: Excellent. I've always wanted to talk to Joe Naquinavy.
2: Yeah, it's nice to get like an inside look at, you know, like more of the business side of tribal economy, as, as he said. Yep. So, yeah. Thank you to Joe Naquinavy Jr. He is a Mille Lacs Band of Ojibwe citizen and CEO of Mille Lacs Corporate Ventures. I'm Cole Primo.
1: And I'm Leah Lem. Miigwech for listening.
2: Giga up, man.
1: Native Lights, Where Indigenous Voices Shine, is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and
0: Cultural Heritage Fund.